Welcome to the Etobicoke Historical Society's monthly oral history podcast. This podcast is one of a series of interviews of senior Etobicoke residents in the 1980s. The interview tapes were recently discovered in the local history room at Richview Public Library. We would like to thank the Toronto Public Library for giving them back to us so they could be made into these podcasts. These oral histories are a valuable and unique view into the history of Etobicoke in the early part of the 20th century, as seen through the personal experiences of local residents. We will be presenting a different interview each month. We hope you enjoy them. Speaking to Nellie Lawton, and today is Tuesday, July 27th. Now, Nellie, you were born in Etobicoke. When did you come no, to the township? I, I wasn't born in Etobicoke. I was born in Scotland and came as a child of five to Toronto. And then um, we came to, uh, we moved to. Uh, Etobicoke, Islington as it was known then, um, when in 1912, on account of my younger brother's health, we had moved to the country. And it was a real country at that time, just a little village, and you didn't have to go very far until you were out in the farmland. And uh, it was very pleasant. Uh, I did go to school in Toronto to Kent School on Deferent which was a very large school, and then to come to a one-room school was quite a, a change. And to, our teacher taught from grade one to eight. There was no kindergarten in those days. And uh, he was a very good teacher. Remember his name? Mr. Ball, Mr. Edwin Ball. Now, what, which school was this at? That was Islington School. We did, uh, I should say that when we first went to Islington, we moved to a friend's house up on Bloor Street near Swamp School. And I did go there for a very short time until we got a house in the village when I went to Islington School. Who was, the, uh, who was the friend on Bloor Street? Do you remember their names? Mr. and Mrs. Col Mr. Coulter. And uh, let me see. We had a very happy time at school. He was a very good teacher. You certainly had to learn. There was no fooling in those days. Now you said there was a difference between Kent School and, and the one-room school. Now what, <laughs> what, what difference are you talking about? Well, when you go, go to a one-room school, he's busy. the teacher is busy teaching other classes besides your own, and you're supposed to be studying what you're supposed to be studying. And I, I found it very difficult to concentrate at first on what I was supposed to be doing. I was so busy watching the other classes. However, you got used to it. And our school days were the boys were separated from the girls, of course, in our play area. And we played ball, and the boys played rough games like French and English. And, and what's, what's that game? <laughs> Could you explain that? <laughs> I didn't play it, so I'm not sure, but I know they were very rough tearing at their clothes. And Mr. Ball used to give them the strap for tearing their shirts. Now, this would be sort of like the, you say French English, it's sort of the one group would play the yeah. Englishmen, the other one would be, would be French, French Canadians? Yes, yes. I don't know what the, the whole, the basic thing was about it. 
but the girls had their own games, and uh, we played baseball, and I guess the boys did too, and we weren't interested in the boys at that time. We didn't care what they were doing. And um, our, our, our lives sort of centered around our church, and we went to the uh, Methodist church, and we had a very, very large congregation, March Sunday school, and we had our parties, and you know the different classes got together and had parties, and we had to make our own fun in those days. Now, what what sort of games would, uh, as a young girl, would you play? Oh dear, I can't remember. Would be I, skipping games or? Oh yes, we would skip and play jacks and, and uh, win. Did you but play with dolls much? I did, uh, yes. I played with dolls, and uh, I read a lot. I, I was very fond of reading, and my father was very strict about the type of book I read. He bought most of my books and saw that I read good books. We were never allowed to read uh, comic books and things like that. Well, mystery, mystery, mystery books? Oh, yeah, we could read mystery books, but... Uh, he was very, very particular about what we read. Was there any book in particular you wanted to read and near? No, no. I was quite happy to read what was given to me. And uh, I did read a lot. I'm very fond of reading, yeah. And uh, I don't know just what else we would do. But as I said, our lives centered around the church. My Sunday school, mission band, young people. We're always interested in doing something like that. What uh, what sort of activities would the church organize for the young people? Well, uh, be picnics or? Oh yes, we had our Sunday school picnic. That was only the one thing that we had. I can't think of anything else that we did during the winter, other than. Uh, Later on, when we got older, we had a skating party and a sleigh riding party. Uh, but when we were quite young, we didn't have anything like that. We did. Of course, we had our sleighing and skating down the creek, and we'd sleigh ride down Dundas Street, you know. <laughs> Not much traffic in those days. <laughs> and this would be right at Islington Avenue? Uh, right, uh, yes, it was near Islington Avenue. We come down from uh, where the uh, Montgomery Tavern is. We come down Dundas and then down the little hill onto the creek and on our bobsleighs. And uh, some of the boys came down on their skates. They were brave. I never attempted anything like that. But uh, we would have slaying parties later on when we were older. And sometimes Big Billy Marshall would hitch up his team, you know, and take us for a ride. And, and we sometimes met the Dixie church group, and they'd have snowball fights, you know, the boys. But uh, then go back to the church and have soup and sandwiches. And I think we had a very good childhood. Your maiden name is uh, Somerville. Somerville. Now, what did your father do? My dad was a, what they call a compositor. He was a printer with Carswell's in Toronto. And uh, 
informed of this uh, at that time. But he, you know, in those days, he had to go, I think I told you, he had to go by bicycle to, uh, he, I think he, he rode his bike all the way down to Toronto. In those days, you had to walk to Lambton if you wanted uh, transportation. It wasn't until later when Russ, Grace, and Russ, um, Fife, and uh, who was the other fellow? Vernon Bell? Vernon Bell, yes. They started a jitney, which was quite, quite good. And then there was a little radio car started for the workers in the morning. And you could take it. That would be the Guelph radio. Yes, it was on the Guelph uh, radio line. It wasn't a Guelph radio as such. It was a small streetcar that used to come out as far as this and pick up the workers. Now, what time would that That would happen? start about 7 o'clock in the morning. Uh, uh, but what, what, what well, year? Which year? Oh, I'm not quite sure. I, I wouldn't it would be late 20s or? Oh, yes, it would be in the late 20s. I can't remember, but it would be late 20s. Now, um, the, where exactly did you live in Islington? We lived in a little house down by the creek, and it was the only one available at that time. But we had a lot of happy times in that little old house. It was right near Montgomery Tavern. That would be on what, Montgomery Road or Huron or? We were right on Dundas, right on Dundas. There was no road down beside us at all. It was just a little laneway down onto the Oh, uh, this would be on the south side of Dundas. Mm -hmm. on the south side. On, on the east side of the river. I think there's a street, it doesn't matter me, I think goes over it now. Yeah, down to the, down to the, Subway. Now, how big of a house was that? Well, a very big house. Maybe about six rooms. Not too large. But uh, at that one time, there were no conveniences. Not even electric lights when we moved in, but uh, they put the ele electricity in for us after we got in there. There was a Miss, Mrs. Tyre that owned uh, the house. We stayed there for quite a while. I, I'm just trying to recall when we moved and Dad built a house up on Bloor Street. He had this house built for us. He had four acres up there. That's north of uh, on the Six Points. The house is still there. And so he they had a house built there. That's right on Bloor Street. Right on Bloor. Yeah. Is a, you remember what number it is? Mm -hmm. 2000 or something. I can't recall. After all, we've been married 54 years, and I can't recall the number, but it's right uh, just the other side, north of the uh, Catholic Church that they built on the street. Near Markham. first house and down on Dundas Street, uh, would you have a, a vegetable garden of any sort? Yes, Dad had a garden and we had chickens and had some ducks because we were right near the water and Dad always loved the garden 
and uh, it was mostly vegetables in those days, but later on for a bluish tree, he, he had a flower garden, a beautiful garden. He was very fond of his garden. Uh, being right on the Mimico Creek, um, mm -hmm. uh, did you ever use the creek for swimming or fishing? Or? Oh yes, we used it for uh, swimming and skating. We had to clear our own ice. But we, in the summertime, we, we spent a lot of time down swimming. There's an old, down by the willows, we called it, and uh, there's a fairly deep hole there, you know. That's where we learned to swim. And uh, we were never, we didn't, we weren't able to go to these swimming classes like they do nowadays. Should have jumped in and hoped for the best. <laughs> hope you stayed on top. <laughs> <laughs> you learned <laughs> you learned the dog paddle first, you know. However, we built a, the boys built a raft and we used to dive walk that, you know. We had a good time. Where 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 was this uh, Willows located? Is it uh hmm. Well it was uh, the uh, let's see, it'd be uh southeast of of uh, where our house was. And then in the winter time, we had to clear our own ice and skate, the logging, of course. Oh, I don't know what else we ever did. What about um, were women uh, up on fashion uh, then as they are today? Oh, I imagine they were. I wasn't too uh, too keen on it. You know, I didn't take that much interest in it. I liked nice clothes. I was always I didn't take too much notice of the fashion but until later on in life, you know, that I was more aware of it. But a lot of, I used to make some of my dresses, summer dresses. I wasn't that good, though, but however I wore them. <laughs> but, um, but, um, well, the fashions, some of the fashions that are coming in now um, were uh, in style 50 years ago. Such as? Notice these dresses that have all different uh, points, not a straight hem, but coming to points. That was the fashion at one time. Which year, I'll never tell you. But uh, I always remember that. And of course, we had long dresses at one time. Some of them were at one time. I was I was too young to really wear them, but I noticed the older women had the, what they call these hobble skirts, and you know they had, they hardly could walk in them. And it was difficult to get on street cars, let me tell you. But uh, were they extremely wide? Very no, long but tight. They could hardly walk, you know. Let's go back to your schooling. Uh, how far did along in school did you get? I only got as far as uh, 
grade seven. I took grade seven and eight both together and tried my entrance from them. And there were two of us, Eileen Johnson and I. And we, the two of us, were actually in grade seven, but we took grade eight work. And I think there were only four girls tried their entrance at that time, and I forgot how many boys, maybe six. There weren't very many in the, in the whole school. And uh, we, we had to go to Weston to try our entrance. And through my thing, I was about 12, I think, I guess I was 13 when I tried. Anyway, I didn't get to high school as much as I would have liked to, but uh, I managed. Well, why, why didn't I you get into high school? Pardon? Why didn't you get into high school? Oh, because it cost too much money to go to high school in those days. You had to go to Humberside or, or uh, Weston, and at that time, my father couldn't afford it. So you had to pay for books? And you had to book, pay for your tuition, your, your books, transportation, and uh, it was just too much. So I stayed home for a little while, and then I went to work. I went to try and get I wanted to get a job. I didn't want to stay home and look after my two young brothers. <laughs> I had had enough of them. And, uh, but I wanted to be sort of loaded in the However, I, uh, I did get, the first job I got was in a factory in Collins. It was a chocolate factory. That was delicious. <laughs> but you soon got sick of it. <laughs> I didn't stay there too long, and then I went to Eaton's, and went there as a parcel, and from there on I went to uh, Business College. Which which college did you go to? Canada Business College on uh, Spadina, Spadina and College, and then I went into uh, office work, now what, into what, legal work, legal, legal office. What sort of courses did you take at? Uh, College. Oh, I just took shorthand and, and uh, typing, and uh, that's all I took. That's all I was interested in. I wasn't interested in rapid calculation and things like that. I, I didn't like that. Although later on in life, as I worked, I had to do a lot of figuring. Uh, anyway, uh, I'm at Now, how old would you be when you're going? You're going down downtown every day for college and work? Well, I, when I first started, I guess I was around 14 and 15. I think I was 16 when I went to college, no. I went to business college. And you felt, how did you feel about going down? Did you go down by yourself or did you go down with your oh, father? there were others going down, you know, there were others going to the, there were others that I knew from Dixie that were going to Canada Business College, you went in the train. What was Spadina's like then? Do you remember? It was a really busy street? Yes, yeah, fairly busy. Mm -hmm. Really busy. To us it was. Anyway, and then we'd come home by train, four o'clock train. But um, I think I was finished in about five months and I started working. 
my first job was, um, oh, I had a little job during six months of the trip. I got out of that. It was enough. Like something I'd done on Brad Streets, you know. And I was only there a short time, but it was boring. So I went and tried to get test at Remington Rand at that time. It was on Dave Street. And they got me this job at Blackstar Golf and Bitterness and on Wellington. I've been there for about six years. You know, I met the, one of the members of the firm. What do people think of you working at a distillery? Not at a distillery. Oh, Gooderums, isn't it? No. Oh, well, it wasn't Gooderums. He was a lawyer. This is lawyers. Excuse me. Excuse lawyer. me. He was related. <laughs> he was a, a grandson of the, the original George. Good at the distillery. Oh no. Uh, and he was a very, M.R. Goodrum was a very fine man. And uh, I enjoyed that work. It was challenging. I was a junior at that, at that time, of course. But then later on, I left as one of the members of the firm who was going for himself. Your husband. How did you meet him? Well, I guess we met through our choirs. In, the ch in our church and his church, we get together. We used to get together and put on plays or to help each other. Sometimes I'd go up there and sing for them. Now, which which uh, church did he belong to? But that's, uh, that's it up there. It's, not, it's still there, it's, but it's, we sold it when we built a new church. Um, That's here in Mississauga. Yes, it's on the north side of Dundas, near the Etobicoke um, Creek. You know, notice it. And they, uh, there's an evangelical, Bethlehem evangelical church there. And we met through our church, church work. We were both in choirs in Cornwall put on plays, Queen Esther. Now the Anglican Church Choir helped us in that. Not, not Dixie, but the Anglican Church has So there's no sort of animosity between oh, different no, church groups? No, oh, no, no, no. Not, none whatsoever. We worked together. And we had different plays. We had a Japanese play. We'd go around and put it on, you know. And that was a lot of practicing, a lot of memory work, you know. What, what, what sort of a role would you have in that? Oh, just in the chorus. Just in the chorus. But we had some very good singers. And I was just in the chorus. And it was very pleasant. We probably had a good time. I think, actually, I think we had better times than what they have now. <laughs> now, would they have, uh, with the would the uh, choir sort of uh, have parties together of any sort, or or they just strictly meet during practices and on Sundays? Oh, yeah, so we just had, uh, I can't recall the choir having parties. No. Except Dixie Choir used to have one big dinner. Roy Powell was the leader. They'd have a big chicken dinner, you know, he'd provide all the chickens and all that. Marvelous cooks up there, farming area, you know. And 
I was always invited to go to them because I helped them out during the year. I was going to sing, you see. But uh, not our car. Our car didn't do it so much. I think, I think we did have a sleigh party all the time. Went back, but that's all that, no. three of us that were young in the choir, the others were all older. Now, uh, when, you, when you met your husband, uh, what would be sort of the going about courting, you know, sort of? <laughs> well, <laughs> that's a long time ago. <laughs> How can you expect me to remember all that? <laughs> well, I can't, uh, well, as I say, we met uh, these cornrows used to have and different things like that and then then I remember once it was Cook's Road Theater Day and he came along in his car and, and asked if I would go to the shelter and there was another couple that, was, that were going and I think that started we'd go to the show and, and uh, have ice cream after and then come home and then it was about it. And how long did your uh, the courtship go along for? I think we went together for four years. Was that sort of normal I... for for your your gang, your group oh, of friends? Oh, I would imagine so. I just can't tell. Some are really <laughs> sooner than that, but I didn't want to get married too young. How long was it uh, between the time he proposed to you and the actual marriage? How long was the engagement? About a year. Was that that normal? That was normal, yeah. That was normal. And I didn't work right after I was married. Because we went on a farm, you see, at a farm. So uh, I stayed at home. Although I did, the odd, later on, I did help out a lawyer up in Brooksville. And then he, got, he knew that I was had been in law work. So I, any difficulties. He got into it. His girl was sick of that. He'd asked me to come up and help him out, which I'm glad to do. And later on, I did work for him on a steady basis. And I enjoyed every moment of it. He was a very fine, very fine lawyer, Gordon B. Jackson. He's still living. He's 94. 94 this September. I'm very fond of him. Your uh, husband's family, they were all farmers? Not always, no. My father-in-law was a builder, and uh, he built a lot of the houses on, in the Quebec and uh, Pacific area. Now this is in West Toronto? In, in Toronto, in Toronto, near High Park, just off High Park in that area. And uh, then he, he wasn't well, later on he Dixie. Where exactly is the farm located? Well, it's all under cement now, of course. It's um, east of Dixie Road and north of the PD. So it's in that sort and, of corner. Yeah, there's a lot in Avenue and a lot in Park. That's where it is. That's where it is. So you moved out to that farm yes. after you yeah. married? Yes. Yeah. We were farther up. We were all the old work together. And 
enjoyed it. I never, I wasn't a farmer. I never did anything on the farm because I didn't know anything about farming, you know. But I enjoyed being out there. Oh, no. When you, um, when you first moved from the city out to uh, Islington, how did you personally feel about it? Do you think you're losing something by having to leave the city, or? No, no. I was nine. It was quite nice. I loved it. I really did. And the people were very friendly. Very friendly. So did, they didn't bother them that you were, you were a city family? Oh, no. No, no. No, no, no difference. Not so bad. I knew all. <laughs> I got along fine with everybody. And a lot of good friends. Very good friends. Now, well... Uh, what sort of, as a young girl working in your still your parents' house, what what sort of uh, chores were you expected to do? Well, I didn't know. Like I do the dusting. I had to get the vegetables ready. But you see, we didn't have. We're not like uh, like farm people that would have cows and and, uh, and I never even fed the chickens. Uh, I wasn't that interested in them. But I, no, I didn't do that much. But I'd help mother, you know. And later on, of course, as I grew older, I could do a little bit of ironing and things like that. But not a great deal. Well, that's about all I did was just, I had to do the dusting, which I hated. Uh, but the uh, mother was very particular. It had to be done right if I was going to do it at all. And then I, I did help prepare the dishes. Well, I helped do the dishes, of course. But outside of that, no, I wasn't expected to do too much. Um, did your family go for holidays anywhere, for even for just a couple of days? No. Your father took all his all his vacation at home. Well, I don't know if he had any vacation or not in those days. I can't recall. They had holidays. I don't think they did. But, uh, no, we, we didn't go for holidays. Later on, as I got older, we did have friends in Hamilton and we used to go over to see them. But sometimes I remember we did go for a couple of days. Uh, nothing more than that. We oh, had to go by boat. Had to go by boat. Where would, you, where would you pick up the boat? Down at the walking truck. Down at the, what, the foot of Bay Street? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And would that go directly to Hamilton? Or yeah, I said, no, I'd go directly to Hamilton. A few hours to go there. <laughs> remember much about the boat that you took? <laughs> no, I can't remember much about See, I can get me a cup of coffee. Would you like to yeah, please, thanks. Do you remember much about uh, World War One and things that were happening back here that had to do with the war? The only thing that, well, I can't remember what was going on here, but I remember watching the soldiers going off to war. We'd go down and watch them leaving, you know, 
and uh, I did that once. But we studied it at school. We had to give, we had to talk about it at times. Uh, I, did too, I, I didn't read too much about all the stories in the paper because it made me too nervous. But I remember we had to roll bandages, and there was a lot of war work going on with the women and all that. Mother used to do a lot of knitting for it. I remember I knit socks. Mother had to turn the heel and do the toe, but I knew the other part. And I could always knit, even when I was a youngster. But, uh, How did you feel personally about, about the war? I thought it was dreadful. And there was only one young lad in Essington that was uh, lost. And he, Earl Shannon, and he was an only, only son. Fine young man. I can always remember he was a fine young man. He was the only one that was killed in Essington. I can't recall even who all went. Uh, oh, yes, the Moors. Arthur Moore was there. He was in the war. But I can't recall. No, I can't recall. Now, you didn't feel it was fairly awful. Was that sort of, did most of your friends feel that way, most of the women? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Of course, it wasn't, you know, we just got it through the papers. And uh, there wasn't the radio and uh, TV and all the rest of it brings you right up to date, you know. Uh, we, we, it was a long time getting to us. And all the boats that were getting sunk and all, you know, and Lusitania. Yes, Berrien, that was one of the boats I've been on, was Berrien, it was sunk. I can't fall too much, but I remember that. When the war was over, you know, celebrations on Young Street. I was working down there then, of course. Did you join in them? <laughs> no, <laughs> no, no. I didn't like that kind of crowd. I remember them sitting on top of the street cars, you know. About <laughs> this man, of course, the man and all the young fellows. Up and down the street, and the streets were just. Jam. But, uh, 1914, 1918. How about um, when the, um, I guess they, even if they left when they were boys, they were pretty well men when they came back from the war. How, did, uh, how were they treated when they came back to Islington? Oh, they were treated very well. I can't remember who all went from this. I don't think there was. I can't remember that there was. Did your, any of your brothers go? Or? Oh, no. They, my oldest brother wasn't old enough to go. And my, of course, I had two younger brothers at that time. And uh, one, one was born in 1915, so during the war. Used to be.
they were treated fairly well. Didn't think any, when any of them came back, they sort of didn't look like they were adjusting back to civilian life? Well, I can't say. I, I couldn't say, because I don't remember them, you know. But uh, some of my I imagine had quite a time getting adjusted. died during the 1918 flu epidemic all through Toronto and this area, this area, all over. Thousands died, and very suddenly. Some of them weren't sick very long. It was a dreadful thing. We, were, we all had it, except Mother. Mother, <laughs> Mother said she didn't have time to get sick, but she was like I had a hospital. My oldest brother was very young. We almost lost him. And it all affected, affected all of us differently. How about yourself? I then started with real bad headaches, and I was working at the time. And I walked from Lambton home. I could hardly see. I always remember. I could hardly see. I had such a dreadful headache. And when I got home, was Tom? Yeah. He was never very strong to begin with, you know, and as an angry but it's Tom. And uh, anyway, he meant to be about seventy. Other families around you that were, do you remember any family in particular which had a really hard time because of the flu, the epidemic? Our neighbor, Mrs. Appleby, died, and uh, she was only sick about a day. And uh, I think she had a heart condition. And uh, could I get a little more coffee? No, thanks. Sort of some of the uh, people saying about it, uh, demanding the 
better health care of some sort? Uh, no, I never heard that, no. And one, we'd only have one or two doctors, you know, at that time. They were very hard on me. No, I can't, no, I wouldn't, no, I was too young to uh, think about anything like that. They were just doing the best they could. Thanks for listening to the Etobicoke Historical Society's Oral History Podcast. If you enjoyed this podcast, be sure to subscribe and like. If you wish to learn more about the work of our society, be sure to visit www.etobicohistorical.com. See you next month!